Blog Talk Radio. The Keys is proud to announce the Communicators, airing Saturdays at 7 p.m. with your host, Brother Leroy, from the heart of Harlem, USA. Don't forget, every Saturday, 7 p.m., The Communicator, with your host, Brother Leroy, on the Keys Network. Hello? Good evening, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, the first-class citizens of the world. This is Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Keys 107 Network. The program that you're about to hear is The Communicators. I'm Brother Leroy, your host. And the topic for the last few weeks on The Communicators is Gifted and Talented for All. Before we get into an explanation of what that means to us, let us give praise and thanks to the Most High for blessing us to be with you and you to be with us and for us to exchange information in a classroom style. What we do is present a guest who in turn shares information with you and I. And, of course, I'm sitting in the front of the class, so I'll ask the first questions but you have the opportunity of doing the same during the course of the show. Our guest is Brother Fahim Abdur Razak. He is a young man born and raised in Harlem, starting a uh, journey into technology that has enabled him to become quite an expert and a consultant in his field, all the while coming up in the hip-hop generation and being reflective of that However, with positive lyrics, 
and productions of other people's music and also attempting to get his own music played and reviewed by others. And that's part of the journey that we'll be talking about tonight. But specifically, he will share with us an education endeavor that he got involved in right in East Harlem and the success that he had. Now, Gifted and Talented for All results from our seeing an email protesting the fact that gifted and talented programs in New York are based primarily in white communities, non-black communities, Caucasian communities. And my familiarity with these programs is that black parents outside of those zones scramble to get their children in, and it breeds a kind of elitism mentality in some of our parents because we have our child in this so-called exclusive school in a white community. All the while, there are young black men and women in the community who are indeed gifted and talented. And in fact, every human being is born with gifts and talents. And what that means is that gifted and talented programs should be 100% in all the schools, regardless of whether it's a white neighborhood, Puerto Rican, black, Dominican, Chinese, Gifts and talents exist in every human being, and it's a human right that blacks, as well as others, should be in a position to develop their talents. By presenting certain guests on the show, we are showing that the individuals who so-called been left behind, the non-gifted and talented, under all the debris of the miseducation in New York City in particular, that these individuals are indeed highly gifted and with the right curriculum and with the right instructors, with the right intent on the part of the principals and teachers and the cooperation of the parents whenever possible, that these students will excel. So, Brother Fahim Abdul-Razak, thank you for joining us on the Keys 107 Network, The Communicators. Are you there, my brother? Yes, I am. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Brother uh, Fahim, would you share with us your involvement in this education program, what you found in terms of the the uh, capabilities or the reading levels and the math levels of the students who you were in charge of bringing and making GED ready, ready in terms of taking a GED test? Right. Um, I worked at... Um um, not-for-profit in the community, Boys and Girls Harbor, where um, they had people who were basically, um, they could not go to regular schools because of behavioral issues, and they were teenagers, you know, 15, 16, 17, with, like, fourth-grade reading levels, fourth-grade math levels. That's, that's the level they were at when they were in the program. And we had a computer lab that we had got a new grant and I was the person who configured the machine and actually taught uh, the students computers. You know, I designed a curriculum to teach them computers, um, to teach them um, some web design aspects, some, some um, Microsoft Office suite. But I also had the, they were called uh, learning games, learning games. So, um they have one, I'm going to use one as an example, uh, something like a math blaster. That's what it was called. So they would have, like, 
shoot each number that is a multiple of three. So it looks like a spaceship and flying through space, and you're shooting the number three, but it looks like a video game, but you're actually learning the three times tables. Um, they had um, verbal assault, you know, games, all these types of games. So when the young people came to my class, we had um, scheduled out the day. Different different groups would come in. The GED was one of the groups. And the, the people didn't want to leave. The, the participants didn't want to leave the class. They were playing these games, and they were competitive with it. And it got to a point where they were cutting their classes to come to computer class. Um, but the interesting thing is going through these games, going through these different um, software titles and little little projects I was giving them, we saw the young people's grades go from fourth grade reading level to scoring very highly on the test within three months. I mean that was the that was the the change, and they were motivated to learn, and they were motivated because it meant something to them. You know, one of the things that I I believe in education is that the current way it's being taught is they teach you to memorize, 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 prepare for the test, prepare for the test, prepare for the test. And a lot of youth, is, is, uh, they say, well, well, how is this relevant to anything? What, other than me passing the test, what do I use this for? You know, and, and even then students were like, why do I need to learn this type of math as opposed to this type of math? And, and you know, asking me questions, and then when you hit them with a real-life scenario of why you need it, you know, for instance, you say, Okay, you don't want to learn calculus, but you want to produce music. Now, calculus have formulas that tell you where the perfect spot in the room is to be to listen to the mix to make sure the mix is accurate. That's calculus. So now the kids are interested. Oh, what? You mean to find the sweet spot? Exactly. To find the sweet spot in a room is a mathematical equation. To find the okay. To find the they call it spot. the sweet spot, the sweet spot. So that's the best point to be at in the room to have where the sound is the most accurate. Mm. So there's a formula for that. So mm. now they're interested. Oh, man, I want to know about this. Oh, you want to know about this? Okay. You know, as it comes to um, literacy and, 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 and writing ability, we have these people who want to be in the music industry, and, you know, my challenge was, well, if you could write about yourself like a bio, because you need that, how would you write it? You know, you can't you can't speak in street slang when you're writing a bio. So how would you write that? Or resume. We have we even have resume workshops. We had a resume program that I developed where we would film mock resume mock um, resumes and, and mock interviews. We would film them, and we'll look at the film and say, okay, what would, would you do differently in this film? And we also had the other people editing the film. So they were learning how to shoot film, edit film, and how to interview and how to write resumes. So all of this was incorporated as activity. And I had round-the-clock activities from opening to closing. But the, the, big, the big thing was that the youth came in. They were not interested in the beginning. They were like, oh, you know, I'm in another program, you know, fourth grade reading level, fourth grade uh, math and passed the exam with high scores. We had one kid named Larry. I'm never going to forget this guy. He scored a perfect score on the uh, on the, um, the GED, and the military wanted him. Now, this kid was, you look at him, he looked like the typical gangbanger. He had behavioral issues. He was always getting in fights. This is how he looked. 
But this kid was brilliant. There's another kid named Ed. This guy, his his body of material that he has read himself, young guy, 17 years old. He was he was like he came in this way. He was so highly advanced that the teacher couldn't teach him anything. Hmm. I mean, he would literally converse with me in the computer lab about other things. You know what he's doing right now? He's a banker. He works in the banking field. Hmm. And he got a GED. This, I mean, we used to just discuss books, and I'm, like, much older than him, and he's telling me about the books, and he's like, yeah, remember this part? And I'm like, you read that? He was like, yeah, yeah, I read that. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, and this kid came from, I mean, and, and look at the, the story of this, this young man. His mother was a crack addict. You know, they was raised in the foster care system. He got out, took custody of his younger brother. Wow. And he was 17 years old in the program. Mm. And this brother was, I mean, bright, 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 bright. So what I know, you know, like like we were talking about these these, um, gifted special programs, all this stuff, and they kind of put it to, you know, schools in the in the areas where we don't live. I worked, I trained kids at the Dalton School in networking and 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 um network implementation. I trained them. They came to plan the win to learn from me, and mm-hmm. they go back. But I was also training the local kid who was on, who didn't have nothing to do, and I was like, hey, why don't you come into the computer center right here? I see him on the corner. Hey, what you doing? Nothing. Yo, come in here. And I'll get them into something. And they'll <laughs> learn the same stuff these kids were learning. So it was, you know, it was a great, uh, great, great experience. Now, uh, the number of youth coming through your computer lab in, in a given week, they they would basically be the same youth, but it was the quantity of youth coming through. How many did you estimate? Oh, I saw 270 different youth every week. 270 different youth every week because we had the harbor is a is a group of I don't even know how many agencies under that roof. Uh, we have okay. performing arts. We have multiple after school programs. We have um, they had GED, they had, um, I mean, adult education, they had a whole bunch of programs in there um, for, for, for the harbor. So I was teaching, I mean, this, 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 these are different classes that I facilitated and taught and, and, and helped start. But we had a comic book, a person named Jean Segarra. She, write, she, she does um, Justice League America, the comic book. She is one of the artists. And we were teaching this youth how to draw on a tablet or scan your artwork into the computer and then colorize it using the computer with Photoshop and layers. This is the mm-hmm. stuff we were doing. We had, um, at one time, um, we were doing all of the graphics for MTV. Mm. Our kids were doing it, not, uh, not the adults, the kids. We taught them flash animation. We taught them... Um, they call it Macromedia Director at the time. We were doing the graphics, the little bars, the TRL, MTV, all that. We were doing that. We were doing pre-programming for, for South Park, animation for South Park. We were doing it in Harlem across the street from my house. Well, let's back up. Mm-hmm. Um, let's back up, okay? Mm-hmm. And I want you to step out of 
the program and take a look at what this brother Fahim, together with uh, Gene Cigar and one part of the program, what they were doing. I hear the activities. What was the power significance of what that computer lab achieved during the time that you were involved? Um, the, 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 the thing that we achieved was we reached people who we were told that we couldn't reach. That was just, you know, oh, they're going to be in a program. They're not, they're not going to really do well. They're not motivated. Um, and, you know, they kind of like write them off, you know. Oh, they got a fourth grade reading level. They got a long way to climb. You know, that's, that's what it was that I saw, like, the initial, um, how would I say, the initial assessment and the attitude towards the youth. You know, a, a lot of quote-unquote educators, to them it's a job, and they don't really, really connect to the people they need to connect to. And one of the things that I try to do with technology, technology is not the end-all, be-all, but use technology to spark an interest, and you can teach them the basics through technology and the, the basic building blocks they need to move on. You can teach them that, you know, by finding out what they like and, and incorporating the technology in the process of learning the basics. Like, for instance, there was a lot of you who like to watch music videos. They, they love watching music videos. And I say, hmm, can you break down to me how this video is shot? They're like, what do you mean? I say, just look at it critically and tell me, does it fade in, this, that. And so they wrote little things on I said, I wonder if you can make a video. And they said, huh? And I said, yeah, you know, I, you ever think of that? No. I said, let me show you how to use this camera. Show them how to use the camera. You know what? There's a basketball game upstairs. You know how to use what, what, what? There's a basketball game inside, the, you know, in the in, in the um, harbor. So we had a, a camera there as well. So they filmed the basketball game. Then I said, you know how you want to take a shot of editing? It? I'll show I'll show you how to edit some stuff, and then you could take. Next thing you know, we got an official camera person who edits film. And they're and they're fools, and they like this is something that can lead to a job. Mm-hmm. And this is how you get them. You got to get them interested by the things they already do. I taught music. I taught um, music production using the computer. And I got a one shock. One shock was a major shock because there was this African-American woman who was older. She was very quiet and soft-spoken. And she wore these big glasses. This is how I remember her. And she would come in and she'll go to the keyboard and put the headphones on so you can't hear what she's doing. By the end of our, we had like sessions, like 12-week sessions. At the end of our 12-week session, she had a full-on classical piece that she wrote and played, recorded. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> what? What is, what? Who did this? And she's quiet, and she was like, oh, it's me. And I'm like, so I, I, I know from the statement that we are all talented and gifted in some way, shape, or form. We all possess it. You don't need to go to a program outside of, your community to validate your gift and your talent. You have it already. These kids there's memorize songs like nothing. That uh, there's, a, there's another piece, Fahim. Mm-hmm. The flip side of that or the, the, the same side or the twin of it is that not only do we have the raw talent in our communities, we have the talent who can teach and guide and train and educate in our community. 
That's right. I'm talking right. about the Fahims. I'm talking about others. Um, there's a brother, um, man, um, Brother Dotson up at, up at City College. He has a program, very unique. There's a brother, Cosby, who's at Abyssinian Baptist Church. There's a Reverend Blue who's at the Seventh-day Adventist Church on uh, 124th Street, Elihu McMahon, another scientist. We have all these great minds. We have a sister up in the Bronx, uh, Sister uh, Fadja, who teaches entrepreneurship and gardening at the uh, Learning Tree. We have a brother, Yusuf Solar, who is uh, becoming a ex-ex-expert in solar energy. He and his wife are getting ready to teach a whole workshop on that. These are people I know. Um, I mean, it's just endless in terms of talent, and there are these resources that we have within the community who are so-called retired. Retired teachers and principals uh, sitting wherever they sit, and I'm not negative on them, but at the same time, you have more of our people who are illiterate than ever before, maybe since slavery times. Right. But you can't tell because they are well they they're well spoken and you would never know that they, they can't they can't read until you get them in a, a, a unguarded moment and they say, Look, would you read this to me or something like that? Your response, my brother. Well, that's very interesting that you brought that up because um I work a job I was, um, you know, aside from being a person into science and computers and all that, I'm also a person who likes to get his hands dirty and do work like that. So I was a boiler mechanic at one time. And one of, um, before I got past the test and went on to the boiler mechanic, I, I was doing janitorial work, and it was a guy, I'm not going to say his name, but he was younger than me by at least seven years. Big guy, he was a boxer, an ex-boxer. And he was a janitor, too, and he was cool, cool to hang out. He had jokes, you know, talking. And I never thought that I would meet a person in my time who couldn't read and write. The kid couldn't read or write. And um, we didn't know it until we asked, we asked him to make a wet paint sign because we painted something. We painted a hallway. And we said, we need, to, we need you to make a wet paint sign. And he said, okay, I got it. So... You know, we were painting, and he's like, well, I've taken him a long time with this sign. And he was back somewhere struggling towards the staircase. We came back there, and he said, I got the sign. And he handed, he handed it to me, and my uh, the person who was working with me, his first reaction, he started laughing. And I'm looking at the sign, and, and, and right then and there, I'm like, oh, man, this guy can't, guy can't read. Because the sign said, when, W-I-N, P-I-N-S. That's what the sign said. Mm. And I'm looking at it like, when pins? And I'm like, so the other guy's cracking up. He's, oh, my God. Oh. So I went to the guy and I said, can you read and write? He said, no. I said, how did you fill out the application? He said, I asked somebody to do it for me. I said, when you get your um your check, because, I mean, this was fascinating to me. This guy was like a functional illiterate. But he, I was like, when you get your check and, you you know, you just told me you bought a furniture set, did you read the contract? He said, no, the guy just told me to sign right there, and I signed right there. Wow. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And 
I stayed behind with the guy. So the, so the guy who was working with me, he, he left. And what he did was he went to the whole staff and joked on this guy. They told on him. And I'm I'm hanging back with him, and I'm like, I don't understand how you how did you make it this far? Did you graduate from high school? I mean, I assumed he did, and he was like, no. And he was by that time he was about twenty, nineteen twenty, and I'm like, oh my goodness! So that was the first time I've ever um, came across someone who didn't know how to read and write, and it and it, it, it became something where I was uh, I, I had said to him I, I gave him a list of programs. I said, you got to change that. I said, this is unbelievable. I can't. I can't believe that in this day and age, a young person can't read and write. I just couldn't fathom how that could happen. And mm-hmm. it became something where when we, we got together and the guys were snapping on him, and this guy felt really bad, and I, you know, and, I, and I jumped on him. I said, y'all can't do that. That's not right. And ultimately, everybody tried to um, give him, give him um, little books like starter books, his books with pictures and stuff, and, and we gave him lists of places he could go because we were just so shocked that he was there. He was there longer than me. He had more seniority than me, than I did. I had just got there. But he was like 19, and he couldn't read or write. He just blindly was signing papers, not not knowing what it said. Oh, I want some furniture. Oh, you got to do a sign here, and, it, you know, we'll, we'll take this much out your check. So they were taking money out of his check. Yeah. And this was like... I couldn't believe that something existed like that, but it's, it's, you know, and until you see it, it's like, it's kind of like, yeah, I hear that people can't read and write, but you don't know anyone like that, or at least you don't think you know. And by seeing this gentleman, you would have never known. We just knew because we asked him to make a wet paint sign. That's how we mm-hmm. found out. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Keys 107 Network. The program is The Communicators. I'm your host, Brother Leroy thankful that we can have a classroom where we can exchange information and ask questions of Brother Fahim Abdul Razak. Telephone number here is 213-943-3618, 213-943-3618. And we have some announcements that we're going to, and after we get to those announcements, we're going to go further into Brother Fahim's background that qualified him to even think about teaching someone else. The announcements that you're going to hear are the supporters of the Keys 107 Network, and we ask you to pay very close attention, take down telephone numbers, email, uh, websites, and we'll be right back after these messages. Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback, sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Boom 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Boom 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories, and offers the 
as well as as well as older um I'm I'm thinking that I've been on well I'll just repeat myself. This is the Keys one oh seven network and once again our guest online is brother Fahim Abdur Razak. We're talking about gifted and talented aspects of life for each and every individual and the program that he was involved in in East Holland proved that those who were the rejected and despised could perform as well as anyone else. And he did it through the use of technology and what I call hip-hop creativity. Telephone number here is 213-943-3618, You'll be on the line with Brother Fahim. Brother Fahim, give you a background that will enable you to be sensitive to young people who are uh, rejected in a position where they might as easily go get a job or go to jail or find themselves on the street. Give us an idea of the foundation of your empathy for that type or that class or group of individuals within our community. Well, um, I'm, I, I, I came from a large family, grew up in Harlem, and times I came up rough. I came up rough and a, a difficult um, upbringing, and I could have easily been a kid who was selling drugs or, um, you know, doing crime. I could have been that so easily. Um, but what happened was a gentleman named Wally Abdul-Noor, and a host of other brothers decided to mentor me. They saw me. They got me into the Boy Scouts, and they were basically giving me um, positive lessons and exposing me to new things. So the technology that I've become really passionate about started with a 14-year-old boy learning the theory of electricity and Ohm's Law. That's what it started with. Um, we used to go to the Boy Scouts, and Wally, who was who was at that time, was a um, I think they call him a journeyman or something, electrician. Mm-hmm. He would get up and start writing formulas on the board, and I was always the person who was fascinated with formulas. I love formulas, so he started showing his formulas, and he's explaining how the um, how you move electrons and how the how electricity, you know, electromotive force and the push, they make it move. And, and I'm like, what? This, I'm 14 now. And people my age was hanging out, doing dumb stuff and selling drugs and getting in trouble. And I'm at a Boy Scout meeting looking at this blackboard, looking at these formulas and explanations of it. But he didn't just show me these formulas. He actually took me out in the field and showed me, remember how I said some cases like, oh, how did this apply? I didn't have to ask him that question because he took me and says, look, this is how you connect these electrical lines to call electricity to flow. And I'm, I'm cutting BX cable and I'm putting lines in the wall. So I'm learning about how to actually do ele- uh, installation of electrical lines. And um, I remember I told you off air one time we were talking before, he took me to the Empire State Building when I was 14 years old to install deeper relay towers on the top floor. I was 14. And he had these huge racks of gear. We went all the way to Jersey to get them, to configure them, took these racks of gear. We had the Empire State Building on the top floor. And I'm like, wow. So 
basically, it was no looking back for me at that point. Mm. He, he took me to a job in Connecticut where we the ships, where the ships were doctors, and we had to, he told me how to install radar systems on the ships. Mm. Like, he did it. And I was mm. like, what? You know, like, I mean, it was, it was done for me. So yeah. I could have easily been, I could have easily been a kid involved mm. in negativity, you know, because my siblings was doing it, a lot of my friends, people I grew up with was doing it, but somebody saw something in me that said, nah, you're not going to do that. You're going to do this. Let me show you this. Let me just show you. They didn't say you're going to do it, but they were like, hey, let me show you this. And it just mm. so happened that the things they showed me, I had an attitude for it. It was like I soaked it up like a sponge. That led me into computers. So electronics led me into computers. I was in gifted, talented classes coming up. Mm. Wound up going to George Westinghouse, which is a vocational school, yes. but I majored in computer programming. My major in high school was computer programming. We learned on a digital VAS system, which is a mainframe system, we programmed. And we learned eight programming languages before we graduated. We knew eight programming languages. We knew how to do um, do uh, random number generation and for rolling of the dice and, like, those like those lottery games, games of chance. We knew how to write programs that would do it on the computer to make it random and, and, and those types of things. Um, they call them permutations, all the types of stuff, again, formulas, that I was fascinated with. So now I know how to break them down and put them in the computer form. But then that also led to hardware because I was like, well, wow, I know how to program it. But one of the famous things in class was, hey, the system's down. We got to wait for the tech. I said, hey, what happens if I learn how to be the tech? And that's what led me into networking, um, you know, A+. Plus. Um, I did web design, taught it at Teachers College, a couple of classes. I taught web design. I learned web design in two days. Mm. Two days. I started in a program where they showed me in the class they said, this is web design class, and the program was eight weeks. I started on a Friday, and since I already had a programming background, I looked at it, the syntax a little bit. On Saturday and Sunday, I went to this website. It used to be called WebMonkey. That was what it was called. And I learned the entire syntax of the web design language in two days. And by the time I came back to class, they had me teaching the class. Mm. And then... Took that further. You remember um, WebMD, the, the website WebMD? Yeah. It used to be called Medscape, M-E-D-S-C-A-P-E. Okay. I got a job coding their pages. I was coding all the doctoral stuff, information. I was in my house. They hired me. I went to the site. They said they saw my skill set. They said they saw what I could do right then and there, and they said, you don't ever have to set foot here in the office again. I had a T1 line in my house, and I was coding pages. When I'm talking about coding pages, I was doing, I was doing in one weekend what took guys two weeks to do. In one weekend, and they was just sending me checks. Now, now, going going back, that's your background. Mm-hmm. Going to the computer lab at Boys Harbor. I'm going to make a statement, you let me know how true it was, that you were teaching the young people who came through that those skill sets, some of those skill sets that had taken you quite a bit of time to gain, you had found easier 
ways of teaching it to others where they could grasp it and begin to master it. Your response? I'm 100% on point. Okay, 100% you, on point. I'm going to give you the background of it. I believe that anything that black people get into, especially those areas where they've been locked out of them, they will find quicker and easier ways of doing things than the people who had been there before them. And in that is a testament of, once again, gifted and talented, but also the ability for us, if we get into the right frame of mind, to turn that into a business, to do something for self. Your response. Yes, um, I'm going to follow, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to validate that with a little story, a little uh, background on on that. Um, in the harbor, we had kids who were in the GED program who were locked up for selling drugs. They were uh, youth offenders, and they were still able to come to the program, but you know they had a record for selling drugs. Now, a lot of people may assume that people who are out on the street selling drugs are not intelligent. So here's here's the debunk for that. Um, I started a program with no money, no funding. All they did, all they did, was gave me the, the, the key to the location for Saturday mornings. So, uh, the kids who were selling drugs, I said, "Hey, you guys want to learn some IT stuff?" I said, "It's, it's going to be worth your while because you won't have to watch your back, you know, like you do on the streets. You can make a lot more money doing this." So I got. Seven kids who was out there hustling to come Saturday morning at 9 a.m. to school to learn how to repair computers. And I've been doing it for a long time, and there was, you know, there was a lot of time in it. These kids soaked it up so fast. Um, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a time frame. I would say it took two months of meeting one Saturday to get them through the entire curriculum, two months, and hands-on. We had a lab, so we had computers that needed to be fixed, so they fixed them. So they asked me, um, at that time, the place was talking about, oh, we were going to fund your program. There was no funding at all. But we were going to fund your program. We were going to give them a stipend. That's what they told us. So the program was winding down. I was finishing my cycle. Uh, program and what I did was I was trying to find ways of coming through on the promise of saying this could be beneficial for you because I don't like to stop somebody on something and then leave them hanging and say well you're on your own I don't like to do that so what I did was I went to various technology agencies downtown and I took their, their exams and I aced them and they were like we want you to work for us and I said I really don't want to work for you but I have students. I took the test to show you what I can do. I'm not asking for you to lay out the red carpet for them. Just wow. let them take the test. Wow. Let them take the test. And on the strength of that, all seven of these guys got jobs in the IT field paying $25 an hour starting. All crazy. All Jesus. seven of them. God bless Here's the irony. Here's the irony of it. They canceled my program right after that. They canceled my program. Now, mind you, I said there was no money involved, right? All they had to do was yeah. show up on Saturday morning. I had the key to the lab. I run the lab. Right. They stopped me from doing that 
specific activity. You can't do it no more. Without a real reason. Other than I just can't do it no more. So these kids learn in two months. Because one of the things I believe is this. I don't believe in selling drugs. I know it's killing the people. I don't support it. But you got to give them something else to do. You can't just say, you know, don't do this and you starve tomorrow. Because that's how they think. They're saying, you're telling me to starve, basically. Right. That's how they see it. So when you're saying, oh, drugs is bad, they're going to say, oh, this guy's trying to stop me from eating. That's how they compute it. So I showed them something else and said, look, you know, you can make $25 an hour. You know, and believe it or not, people think, I don't know what people think about the drug game being glamorous. These guys are not making top dollar selling drugs, the guys on the corner. They, they, they make around minimum wage. Be honest with you, maybe ten bucks wow. an hour. That's what they make. Uh-huh. So it just so happens that they have to dodge police and other people who want the territory for ten dollars an hour. And it's round the clock. It's twenty four seven. It's not. Oh, I'm off work. Somebody wants drug. They beat them. They gotta go sell it to them. So what's what, is that worth it? No. Well, here's a job twenty five dollars an hour. You gotta work. It's eight hours or seven hours a day. You make. You know, it's two and a half times what you're making right now, and you don't have to worry about cops coming after you or nobody coming to take your territory. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, brother. Fantastic story. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, so, so, so what it is is that, you know, we have genius. We have geniuses amongst us, but they don't look like the typical genius package that we expect. They look like a kid with his baggy pants and got scars on his face from fights, but he can memorize a dictionary. I met people like that. They could tell you every word in a dictionary. Like, how do you do that? <laughs> you know, like, but you but you hanging out on the corner doing Man. stuff because there ain't nothing else to do, but they're geniuses. Man. Ladies and gentlemen, you have the opportunity of asking our good brother a question or two how you might be able to make contact with them, et cetera. I can't be the class guide for you. I set it up. Telephone number 213-943-3618, 213-943-3618. You can do a good deed by referring friends and parents and uh, others, educators, to the Keys 107 network and uh Ask them to look for this show after tonight, starting tomorrow. Look for this show. They can listen to it. Um, it's in the archive uh, as of tomorrow. Once again, the telephone number down is 213-943-3618. Uh, while we're, we're speaking with you and waiting for any call that might come through, what is the the music part of your your uh, current endeavor to uh, be creative. Share with us uh, what you're doing in that area. Yes, sir. Okay, I just released an album on uh, May 17th on iTunes called uh, titled Platinum Shackles. And what it is, it's a, it's a 100% conscious and clean, meaning no profanity, album. And it, and it deals with consciousness um, in the hip-hop culture, consciousness, and world affairs, consciousness, and American, you know, our, our experience as African-Americans with America. So it talks about slavery. It talks about um, a lot of the things that has happened to us, 
Um, but it makes uh, a parallel, which I'm, I'm making a parallel, because, you know, this word terrorism or terrorist has been thrown out so much, you know, and, and when you use, when people use the word, you kind of have a preconceived idea of the type of person who could be a terrorist, which, you know, Middle East, non-European mostly. Um, and what I did in the album was basically said slavery is terrorism, and it is and was terrorism. So, you know, these lines, like I'm saying, you know, then they got the nerve to um, the label people as terrorists when we are the ones who truly know what terror is. Because mm. we were terrorized, you know. Mm. And um, that, that, the album addresses things, but I'm, I'm, I, I am facing um, some kind of a backlash or opposition with it. Um, and one of the things that I use is that as a tool to reach young people because, you know, there's a saying, um, there's a saying in the Quran, I believe it's in the Quran, um, prophets, Jews, they, um, they speak to the people in a way they can understand. So everybody understands hip-hop. Mm. And the youth particularly, that's a language to them. But the, the, the issue that I'm facing is the, the, the people in control, the people who profit off of, I use the term, I say, uh, the people who profit off the fact that we're afflicted. So they know you have an affliction, and they keep providing you with that thing that you're addicted to and make money off you. So I, I use that term. Um, but they are not liking the message. That's the bottom line. They don't like what I'm saying. Radio stations who heard it, who were supposed to review it and play it, are saying to me, we don't want to touch this Christian proposal because you said America could be a terrorist act African American. See, and I was strategic by saying that because every African-American knows that that's what it was. You may not have called it that, but that's what it was. Terrorism. It is. So I use that, you know, to reach the youth. And every youth who've been exposed to the songs, love it. But I'm being told that this is not going to sell. I've been told this for years. Not going to sell. The music's too conscious. We don't want people to think we want them to buy alcohol. We want them to buy records. And, you know, it's never going to sell. But the, Buy my CDs at my shows. I'm selling CDs on the street. You know, I have it on iTunes, and I'm using that just like I use technology to reach people who are supposed to be despised and um, subhuman and and too stupid to teach. I'm using hip hop for this for the so-called despised, mm. subhuman, and too stupid to progress. And I'm saying to them, I'm turning that light on in their head. That's what I'm doing. Hey, check this out. Boom. Brother Fahim, we have a caller on the line. Uh, caller, thank you for your patience. Your question for Brother Fahim. Uh, the question was answered. I understand you're located in, in, in Harlem, in New York City. Yes. And, you know, I find what you're doing very uh, provocative. However, how do you compete with the Jay-Zs and all of these other, you know, hip-hop, rap, or whatever they want to call themselves, Mongols, who has more or less, you know, accepted the, the the powers that be in terms of how this whole hip-hop generation is functioning in terms of the money, how it affects our kids, and what actually trickles down to our communities. Right. I can tell you that. Um, number one, it's, a, it's an uphill battle. And I just released the album, but everything has a beginning, and you have to keep moving forward. So, I, of course, I don't have the money. I don't have the backing. I don't have, uh, you know, the the marketing capital to do all of this stuff. But let me tell you what I do have. I have great production. I'm a producer. Okay. I have also.
Brooklyn Engineering. I engineered Mob Deep's album when it was with 50 Cent. So I know that. And I have a community of support. I do events in my own community. I'm involved with the June team. I'm involved with the Jail Ain't No Good parade. I'm involved with the Afri- I do sound for the African-American Day parade that goes down uh, seven times. I do sound. So I have access to brothers like Brother Leroy on radio, Kaziah uh, um, Glow on WACR. It's, the, it's at its beginning, but here's where I'm not afraid of a struggle, one. Two, when you have live performances, which I throw my own events, I have live performances, I always sell CDs. So it starts there. That's the start. Okay. All I really want is when people hear what I have to say to turn their brains on. I go and do lectures. I did a lecture with youth offenders uh, three weeks ago with their, with their, with their, with the probation officers with them or the parole officers with them. And I hit them in a way because what I like to do is I, I, I like to find out where you are in your level of understanding, and then I'm going to say something so dramatic within your level that you have to turn your light on. So I do that as I speak to people, and I, I've done that with them, you know, commenting on the bad things they do in life and why they keep getting locked up. And, and you know, I hit them with a simple analogy, and the analogy was this. If you didn't do what you were doing, getting in trouble, do you think your POs will have a job? And mm. POs right there. I said, let me say it to you this way. The kids would look at their POs. I said, let me say it this way. They're paying their mortgage, and they're putting their kids through college based off what you're doing. I said, and then we turn it this way. The prisons, the guards who work in the prisons pay their rent by their cars based off what you're doing, okay? The police officers pay for their house and go on vacations based off what you're doing, and you're not even getting a piece of that pie. Mm. Does that make any sense? That, that, said, that? no. Oh, I said, did that I make any sense? I don't think ever used. Uh, I haven't heard them use it, and it's a great angle. Um, argument, rather. But I, I just mm-hmm. wish you best success. I wish we had more of that in northwest Indiana. That's where I'm located. Um, okay. I, I deal primarily with uh, young kids. I have a little performing arts center I've started in my second year. And it's really hard uh, competing with, you know, what, what else is out there and, and making our generation of folks understand that you got you have to start somewhere. And, uh right. But I appreciate you. It was good listening, and I will continue to listen. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, sir. Go I, ahead. I want to I want to follow that up with something because this may help Go her and her struggle. But um, the other thing that I got the children to understand was the idea of being poisoned over the long term. And what I meant by that was the computer term, they have a term in computer programming called GIGO, garbage in, garbage out. And I explained to them, I said, I'm a computer programmer. That's what my first thing was. I said, so if you enter into a program I wrote, I already know where I want you to go. I programmed it that way to lead you to this door over here. I said, now I'm going to give you the illusion that you control the game by letting you you know, in a video game, you throw grenades and you can shoot people in the head or you can shoot them in the stomach. That's an illusion because the ultimate goal is to get you to that door. And that's how I programmed the game. I said, you're involved in a game right now, but the game's end goal for you is 
dead or in jail. And you have to recognize that the temptations that are out here through the music are designed to lead you to one of those two choices. Mm-hmm. And the analogy I gave them was this. I know you have a weakness for chocolate cake, so I'm going to make a chocolate cake for you, but I'm going to put arsenic in it. And I know you're not going to resist eating it. And I'm going to even tell you there's arsenic in the cake. It's not hidden. And you're going to eat the cake because I know your weakness. So the kids was like, mister, nobody ever talked to us like this before. Mm. 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 And and I'm, I'm going to go back to your reason for bringing this up. What? What direct advice do you have for that sister who just called as it relates to what she said as being a struggle? Okay, so the direct advice I have for the sister is this. We can't compete with a Jay-Z or the people who are out there, but this is the advantage you have. You have a personal relationship with these young people. Jay-Z and them don't have that. They just buy their records, okay? If you can show them critically it may take going on one of the sites to print the lyrics out or, you know, print the, get a copy of the lyrics. Because what I told the youth was, if you follow what these artists are saying, there's a 99.99% chance you're going to line up in jail or dead because that's where your lyrics lead you. So if you can show them why the lyrics are bad for them, that's what that, – I'm very good at that. Why would mm-hmm. you want to talk about, you know, how much drugs you sell – and you don't think the feds are going to be looking at you? You don't think the feds are going to be checking you out? You don't think rival people are going to check you out? I worked on name artists who signed with the big, the big guys, big names, and they were scared because people wanted to fight them because of their lyrics and their song. Like if they walk the street, the person would be like, yo, remember you said this? Yo, put them up. And they want to fight them. So, and these guys know it's all talk. When it comes to these songs, it's all talk. None of these guys live that rugged, rough kind of life where they're doing crime and there's, there's low-impulse control. They're actually not doing that. Well, some of them are, the ones who keep getting locked up. But they're not doing that. Like, Jay-Z, what he's saying is all talk. He's worth $300 million. You think he's going to actually, he said in one song, make him mad enough to flood the street? With drugs he's talking about. You think we'd actually do that, worth $300 million and get locked up? No. <laughs> he's not going to do it. But he's going to say it in a song, so now you're going to give him street credibility because he said it. Mm. It's cold, brother. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, we only have a few more minutes with our good brother. What is the uh, your email address for folks who want to reach out to your email contact? Okay, uh, my email contact is... Um, Fahim, F as in Frank, A as in Apple, H as in Henry, E-E-M, like Mike, at earthquake, one word, E-A-R-T-H-Q-U-A-K-E, dash, E-N-T, E-N-T dot com. Um, I could also be reached on uh, Rebirth Nation slash F as in Frank, Elemental, one word, F-E-L-E-M-E-N-T-A-L, my album, Platinum Shackles, is on iTunes right now. Um, Platinum Shackles is the title. And it's a very good listen. It's, a, it's 13 tracks. It's no cursing, but it's a whole lot of consciousness. 
I grew up listening to the KRS-1s and the Rockem's and the and, and Rockem and, and uh, P.E., Public Enemy, James Brown. The, the music is tight and the message is tight. So this is how you, I can be reached. Also, um, they can reach me through you, Brother Leroy. That's right. You have my contacts. <laughs> and uh, ladies and gentlemen, those of you who may not have my contact information, it would be Leroy, L-E-R-O-Y, the letter B as in boy, T as in Tom, M as in Mary. So it's Leroy, B-T-M at M-S-N dot com. Leroy, B-T-M at M-S-N dot com. And uh, I'll respond and... Uh, there are those of you who want to call me, 347-928-6441, And uh, I'm teaching that, Brother Fahim, because there's a brother, um, I believe his name is Pinkney. I'm going from memory. He uh, knows of a situation in the city of Kansas City where there was a performing, a, a school that was performing at a very high level in the black community, and they closed it. So if if I have your name and you're listening and it's Pinkney, please contact me with the information on the people who know about that school in Kansas City, and I'll be sure to follow up. Uh, once again, before we conclude with Brother Fahim, the telephone number 213 Nine four three three six one eight, brother Fahim. Um, in terms of in terms of the computer lab, um, the computer lab was one thing. That Saturday morning was a whole different other piece. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. That was on my free time. That I just had keys to the lab, but I used the lab to teach the, the young people in the lab. And I mean, ultimately, everything is gone now. I'm going to tell you that. There's no lab. It's all gone. Um, and I noticed that happening around the 2005, 2004, 2005, where they were cutting funding for everything. Um, the other place, Playing and Win, I used to work where our kids were doing the TRL graphics and everything. That's closed. Um, the Department of Education learned how to write grants. We taught them grant writing and taught them our entire curriculum, and then they took all of our grants. And we, we we wound up going under. So everything that was helping us advance and giving us an advantage, because I remember there was a time where African Americans were doing very well in the IT field. We were making a lot of money. And all of a sudden, you know, we had the issue where they started sending out work to uh, India. Yes. And, and, and that crashed the entire, you know, people who were making $40 an hour were reduced to $15 an hour. That happened just like that. Everything that we used to get ahead, they cut. So that was one of the things. Now, um, now the, the the money is coming back up because they realize hiring an overseas company to handle your entire IT from remote is not a good deal because they don't know the people and there's no personal relationship. It's just business. And now they're starting to hire guys again, but they lower the money. They lower the money for hiring them. Brother Fahim, uh, we have another caller. Caller, thank you for your involvement with us. You are on the air with Brother Fahim. 
uh, how are you doing, guys? I've been listening to this radio show. It's great. You know, you had me thinking about a lot of experiences earlier in my life, man. Um, I just, I, you know, actually, let me just tell you real quick what what you spurred in my mind. You had me thinking about a couple of my cousins. I have a cousin named Fahim. Your your album, Platinum Shackles. You happened to drop it on my birthday. That really got my attention. But one thing you're mm. talking about with these with these gifted schools, talented schools in the fourth grade, where I'm from in Canada. Um, you know, a lot of times we're like the only non-white person in the room, you know, kind of situation. In grade four, they did IQ test, entered IQ test, and from that moment, they pulled me out of regular school. They're like, man, we want you to go over here to this Western Western high school has this international baccalaureate program. I'm like, okay, my parents, it's like that elitist mentality. They were really, all of a sudden, all these other parents were looking at them because I got accepted into this thing. I go to the school to check it out, and I was really weirded out by all the kids. I was really comfortable at my high school. It was just like a half mile up the road, smaller school. I knew everybody, and I was like top dog there, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then me going to this big school, I felt really weird, you know. It was like really weird. So I decided to stay in public school, and one thing stuck in my mind, you referenced it, is, is a couple of years later, I ended up becoming so bored with my regular school, and I ended up quitting high school early, hitting the road. I've been on the road straight since November 97, ran into the guy who's engineering your show, Anthony King, in Chicago, and it's a wrap since then. But I had a harder life than it should have been because I was feeling that pressure. I shouldn't have felt that pressure. That's why I decided to stay in public school. So I missed out on that whole route of extra resources. And I had to I, I kind of everything I know, I had to independently search and learn that stuff by experience. Because then you're talking about the computer program, and you made me think about my other cousin who's in Canada, does Department of Justice uh, programming. And, I would like. I got your email address. I actually set up the uh, the event for you today, but I would like to link with you and get a copy of your album. You got me all type of interested right now. I just want to let you know it's been a great show. And brother Leroy, the reason me and Anthony King are here helping you is because you did a crazy knockout show that one about the financial system, and we were both sitting there with our mouth open, talking to each other on Facebook, listening. But at the show, it's saying, "Man, that was a great show." You're doing something here on the communicators. I can't wait to see what your next show is going to be like. Well, all crazy, oh, dude. That's uh, I think you were talking about the show we did with Dennis Speed. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, was he the guest? Okay. Yes, well, we have we have uh, other dynamite people coming, and uh, we do a Tuesday night show, of course, which is at uh, seven p.m. And we also do a show. This is for everyone in the audience. We do a show at, at City College. It's Harlem Community Radio. We're on 1 o'clock Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Sundays, and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on Monday mornings. And you can access the shows that we do at City College on Harlem Community Radio by going to YouTube. And when you get to YouTube, you put in WHCR. That's H as in Harlem, C as in community, R as in radio. At YouTube, you put in WHCR, The Communicators, with Brother Leroy. That's for Sunday. For Monday, WHCR, Respect for Life, with Brother Leroy. And you'll be able to access those shows in real time and uh, be able to call in, interact, et cetera. So, Brother Cole, I want to thank you and Brother Anthony for being a part of our team, and may God continue to bless you and your family. And, ladies and gentlemen, we're at the concluding point 
of the show this evening. Uh, once again, it was dedicated to show that gifted and talented ability is in each and every human being, especially the so-called rejected and despised, the people out on the corner, the people who are doing push-ups on the scaffold, the people who in many cases are homeless as a result of being in foster care and being farmed out or phased out at 18 and 19 years of age. It is to show that the men and women in our community have the gifts and talented they just need the right environment. They need the proper teaching uh, background for individuals. And uh, in the case of Brother Fahim, we didn't get into his so-called teaching credentials. He is an expert in his field, so he was teaching what he knew. And that's what we can do. The resources within our communities are vast. They are far greater than existing in the so-called public school system. What we have to do is go to the senior citizen centers and find people who are willing to teach on a Saturday morning or Sunday morning at our church, our mosque, and begin to uh, uh, set up a situation where we can escort them to the place where they will teach young people and mature people and escort them back home so that they'll be safe and sound. These are just ideas. For those of us with the technical ability, teach the technology that you and I know. Those with presentation skills, teach those. And especially those who have the ability to teach chess. Begin to teach chess to our children on the street corners and the playgrounds, like a brother Sonny in Harlem, right there at uh, Riverton and Lincoln Projects. He teaches chess and other African counting games. So in conclusion, Brother Fahim, I'd like for you to leave the audience with uh, two or three recommendations, either for the young people or the combination of the young people and parents and guardians, things that they can do that will enable us to live a better life. Unless we have – do we have another caller that just came through? Sound like it. Uh, if we do, call can in, you, you will be the last person to interact. Are you there? Yes, I am. Salam alaikum, brother Leroy. Well, alaikum salam, dear brother. God bless you. Yes, sir. And salam alaikum to your brother. Uh, alaikum salam. Just based on what he's what he's doing, I think the workshops is ideal to be able to try to set some workshops up, and that's in the process of what we're doing. This is Yusuf Solar, brother Leroy. Yes. We're going to try to do some solar workshops here in the community, and we have one coming up on the 28th that we like. I mean, on the 8th of June that we like to talk about, and I'll give you a call maybe on your on your show tomorrow and talk about well, it a little dude, bit. Uh, uh, we're going to set it up for tomorrow's show on Harlem Community Radio, but for the audience that is listening right now, give the details and the contact information. Okay, the details is it's going to be a, uh, a solar workshop for the youth. We're going to have solar toys, uh, solar kits and things like that that they'll put together, solar racing car kits. And then it will be a uh, seminar that we're going to have for older people to talk about the upcoming classes that we may have, as well as some of the uh, in, in, uh, introduction into solar energy and solar technology and what it can do. And it's going to be held at the Andrew Freeman Home, uh, which is located at uh, 1125 Grand Concourse in, in the Bronx. Uh, the mission is free. It's June the 8th. 
And for additional information, they can call 718-588-8200, and that's extension 1229. Uh, repeat the uh, telephone number. You can call there to register. Uh, Brother Solar, Yusuf Solar, repeat the telephone number. Uh, it's 718 718-588-8200. Extension one two two nine. Okay, and that's for the workshop seminar on June eighth. What day of the week is that? Is that Saturday? Or Saturday. That is a Saturday. The workshop is going to run from eleven a.m. to three p.m. Uh, for the kids, and we're going to have these solar toys, solar uh, car racing cars that they'll put together, and we'll talk about solar energy with them. And then we're going to do the seminar for the older people and what, what solar energy technology is available in, in general as well as in Pacific as to what sort of programs we're going to break out. Hey, so what's the, what's the um, cross street for uh, 1125 Grand Concourse? It's between 166 and McCline, McKellen. Okay, good. Got it. Okay. All right, Brother Yusuf. So, uh, and uh, I'll talk to you about the time that uh, you'll have a segment on the, the Communicator Show tomorrow, Sunday afternoon. Alhamdulillah. Thank you, Brother, brother uh, Leroy. And thank you to the Brother Tufahim. I think we're doing, you're doing some great work there, Brother. Shukran, Brother. Thank Have you, one. Brother Yusuf. Um, uh, two or three. Uh, recommendations, suggestions that you would have for folks in our audience that they may be able to implement with ease either immediately or after a little bit of planning, enabling them to improve their knowledge and the knowledge of the young people in their community. Right. Uh, Here's here's my first uh, suggestion or observation recommendation. Don't be afraid of the youth. Don't be afraid to say something them. Now, what I mean is that you're not going to say any arbitrary thing or anything, you know, just off the cuff, but they are looking for someone to engage them. They want that. But it seems like we we kind of judge them and we look at them and say, oh, they're hopeless. They're not hopeless, but they need you need some of the wisdom of the elders. That's how I'm going to say it. So don't be stingy with your wisdom because somebody's pants is down. If you give them the proper uh, information, they would know why they should not wear their pants down because they don't know why. So don't assume, the other thing is don't assume they know what's going on. A lot of the youth are just reactionary and going with the flow. Until you pull their coattails and say, you know, example, why is there so much alcohol talked about in in the music? I don't know. Well, you know that uh, Seagram's Gin used to own Universal Records, right? And then Vivendi got it from Seagram's Gin. No, I didn't know that. So, and, and the record labels were telling people to mention alcohol. Okay, they would have never known that if you didn't mention it to them. So, then they go, okay, wow, that's interesting. And you say, okay, so... You know, think of all the things that's in the music and why it's there. And you don't have to tell them to straight out, but get them to think. 
They're looking for somebody. you got to kind of use cunning with them, but you got to use it in a way that's going to get them to open their mind up. Don't give them the, 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 the full answer. Let them find the answer, but lead them there. They want that. They're they looking to learn things. They're looking for experiences. Take them off the block. Take them off the block. There's a lot of kids I know who stay in their local block. They don't go anywhere. Give them new experiences. That's what, that's what opened my eyes. When I went to camp, now I'm a city person. I go to camp, and I'm like, there's no electricity? I love camp. I love it. No electricity, no street lights. When it's dark, it's nature. It's pitch black. You hear the cricket. That's, that's, I love that. Take them somewhere different. Give them new experiences. While I was exposed to electronics at 14, people need to be taking these young kids and exposing them to stuff at that age, young young ages. Don't let them sit home and play the video games, turn up the TV, and take them somewhere. That's those are those are the recommendations I have. If they if we want to see changes in them, we have to present those those uh, counters. We can't leave it up to them to find them because they're closing all the programs down. Mm. So it's most likely they won't find them. Mm. So we need to take an active role, adults, and provide activities and experiences for them that they will never forget, that will open them up to a whole entire career path they never thought of, that will give them experience that's going to last them for the rest of their life. Excellent, my brother, and I will endorse the Platinum Shackles, ladies and gentlemen. Please follow his directive to uh, connect with Platinum Shackles in the uh, iTunes. And if you have a problem doing that, email him. And uh, his email address, he'll conclude with uh, that particular announcement right now. Your email address, once again, Brother Fahim. My email address is Fahim, F-A-H-E-E-M, at earthquake-E-N-T, E as an elephant, N as in Nancy, T as in Tom, short for entertainment.com. Brother Fahim, thank you. And for our audience, thank you, thank you, thank you. For our engineering staff, Brother Anthony, Sister Rafika, Brother James, thank you, thank you, and thank you again. And for our beautiful, beautiful God, we thank the Most High for blessing us to have had a great classroom. Please share this information with others. Let them know that it's archived at the Keys 107 Network on Blog Talk Radio. Until the next time, may God continue to bless you and your family. Peace. Peace. Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback, sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com.
fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cut shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, bath accessories, and inspirational music imported from Africa, India, and Asia, as well as jewelry and accessories. Moon 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Don't forget to visit moon107.com. Keys 107 and the FOI Board of Directors is proud to present The Final Call. The Final Call is the country's unique leading source for news. Founded by the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, National Representative of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the Nation of Islam, The Final Call follows in the tradition of Muhammad Speaks with hard-hitting national and international news and coverage of political issues. It is the official communications organ of the Nation of Islam. Founded in the 1930s as the final call to Islam, the newspaper evolved into Muhammad Speaks in the 1960s and boasted a circulation of 900,000 a week with monthly circulation of 2.5 million. Today, the final call newspaper serves a readership of diverse economic and educational backgrounds, including circulation in North America, Europe, Africa, and the Caribbean. Read the final call newspaper. You can find one of the beautifully bow-tied representatives in your community or read FinalCall.com. Thank you for listening to the communicators on the Keys 107 Network. Join our Facebook group page, The Keys, opening doors to endless possibilities. Follow us on Twitter at The Keys 107 and email us with suggestions or questions at suggestion at sign thekeys107network.com and don't forget to visit our webpage thekeys107network.com if the keys 107 network isn't on your blog talk radio then your blog talk radio isn't really on
Trevor G on the mic again To the rabbi, yeah, my best friend To all of my true supporters, contributors and brain intercessors People everywhere What this will need From heaven to earth One love to all my friends and them One love to all my family My people over the world One love, one love, one love To all my friends and them One love to all my family My people over the world One love, one love, one love A lot of people say that they love my song Yeah, for real Tell me they really loving the vibe Vibe, vibe, Say they can't wait for Trevor G to come on them in stitches or make them cry. Cry, cry, cry. One thing they say, I keep it real. Open scriptures, give them a decent meal. Spiritual energy, make them feel refreshed like tea made with orange peel. Never sing slackness, no way. Never promote badness, no way. No racial prejudice, no way. Love is the answer, love is the way. One love to all my friends and them. One love to all my family. One love. My people over the world. One love, one love, one love. All of my Rasta friends. One love. Family, Nazarene over the world. Leaders of this world don't have the answer. Can't find the solution. Principalities, powers, rulers of darkness are true, 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 true. The heart of mankind ain't any better. So, thousands of years and everyday mercy is new, 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 new. So shake up yourself if you know what I mean. Let your body respond cause the vibe is clean. Negative spirits, they can't come in like they want to see me turn green. Show some kindness today, show compassion today, serve the creator today, love is the answer, love is the way. One love to all my friends and them, one love to all my family, one love. my people over the world, one love, one love, one love to all my Christian friends, one love, Israelite family, one love, Muslims over the world, one love, one love, one love. music is not my own, I'm just a minister, a good steward of the word, humbly delivering this message to you. For the part that it took to make you stronger Yes Revelation, knowledge of how Olam coming true Coming true Never think slackness Never promote badness No racial prejudice Love is the answer, love is the way Show some kindness Show compassion Serve the creator Love is the answer, love is the way One love to all my friends and them One love to all my family My people over the world One love